Hey, soccer players. On this episode of the Soccer Fitness Experience, we have Dane Wilson on the podcast. He is a physical therapist for Ohio State University, um, and he has previous experience being a goalkeeper for a PDL club in the United States. Um, so hope you guys enjoy this episode and welcome on the show. Let's start out very, very basic. Will a six-pack help me as a soccer player? Logically. Why pre-game meals are important? If you do strength training, you can generate more force on the ground. It will take you less stride to get to that ball. Until you get there, you can make that up with hard work and dedication and training. On top of it, right? So if you're a player that has little to no training history, imagine the, the gains and speed that you can get in such a short period of time because you're doing things. This is why strength training is important. I don't care how you do your strength training. I don't you know some people like to go to the gym. I just wanted to double down on that really quick. The point is you have to get stronger. Hello, soccer players. Welcome to the latest episode of the Soccer Fitness Experience. It's me, your co-host, Annie, with my man, man, Berg. Berg, how you doing today, bro? I'm good, man. Still blessed. I still have an income. You're still working. <laughs> still working, still out there treating patients. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'm grateful for that. But as you know, every Sunday is cooking day, so I just spend the whole day cooking. You know how it is. How about you? Doing good, man. I am still a student, still don't have an income. So okay. <laughs> hopefully that's going to change sometime in the next few months. But um, today we have a very special episode here. We have Dr. Dane Wilson on the podcast, physical therapist from Ohio State, has a really interesting background. Um, Dane, go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell the listeners what you're about, where you come from, and, and yeah, welcome on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, Andy Berg, I, I really appreciate it. This is pretty uh, therapeutic for me uh, as well. I've been, you know, itching to talk sports, being quarantined right now with just me mm. and my girlfriend here. So, you know, it's good to, to chat ball with the boys a little bit, you know. Um, as far as my background goes, uh, I'm a, a physical therapist with Ohio State. Um, and I also completed a um, sports residency, an accredited sports residency um, about uh, eight months ago or so, um, before starting with them, uh, for soccer wise goes, I played college soccer, at the division one level started with Marshall university and ended up transferring to Radford university. Um, and then after graduating, I continued to coach and train. And then I played uh, PDL as you mentioned for the Cincinnati Dutch lions and, uh, had a couple, um, opportunities with, uh, different pro teams. I went on training with the Columbus crew for a few months and, I uh, ended up getting an offer for the spot with the uh, uh, USL Cincinnati team now, so since CFC. Um, but yeah, that's a pretty pretty brief background there for you. Word, solid. And you had experience playing as a as a goalkeeper during PT school while you were studying for your doctorate. What was that like for you? Um. <laughs> Honestly, crazy. it was it was a it was a bit crazy. Anybody that's gone through physical therapy school knows, like, and you and both of you can attest this. And and you're almost done, so light at the end of the tunnel. But um, you know, you you got to put a lot of effort and time into your studies. And so um, soccer was always a passion for mine. And at the time, I wanted to stay with it. I wasn't ready to give it up, and I was still trying to uh, you know tempt that pro uh, that next step in the pro level there. So I was able to you know play during the summer times when I was on my clinical rotations um, without missing a beat. So I would literally go to the clinic, uh, work all day till six o'clock, drive straight to training, 
you know, train for a couple hours, come home, eat dinner somewhere around like 10 o'clock, you know, something usual like that. And, uh, you know, wake up and do it all over again. Um, thankfully I didn't have too many weekday games. Uh, we had some commutes to like Canada and South Carolina from Ohio. So it's a little far. I wouldn't have been able to make that, but, um, yeah, it was, it was a little crazy at the time, but I wouldn't have done it any other way. Dane, that's, that's, that's crazy. Like, <laughs> I, in PT school when I was studying, right? So I'll, I'll, we get out, we get off class at four and then I'll stay in school because there's no way I could study at home. Impossible. So I'll stay in school from four to like eight to like catch up on new material, catch up on the old material and then prepare for the new material. So you tell me you're doing that and you, and you're doing team training because you have to train at least two times a week with clubs. I see them do that all the time. Yeah. And did you have a girlfriend too on top of that? I did. I did. <laughs> I, I say, <laughs> I'd say physical, physical therapy school was the biggest test to our relationship. I mean, there was times she's like, you know, girls were like, oh, was he, why is he not talking to me or anything? Like I've been in the libraries for 13 hours straight studying. That's where I've been. Like I don't go anywhere else besides that. So uh, no, it was, it was insane. I was lucky enough that the PDL season was in the summertime, which were lined up with my uh, clinicals. So I didn't have the in-classroom piece of it too. But um, yeah, I mean, it's insane. Like my first uh, semester in physical therapy school, I probably lost like 30 pounds because I was, I, it was all my muscle mass that I like cut because I was not taking it healthy at all. You know, I was, I was just focusing on my studies and I didn't take care of myself. And then uh, gained it back after that. I was like, listen, I got to sit down. This is not good. You know, I got to stay on top of it, stay on top of my game. I'm still playing, you know. This is a, either you're a genius or you're super good at time management. Either way, man. That's, <laughs> that, that's, that second that's, one is that's not impressive. it. And I can't say the first one is either. So. I got lucky that's impressive. I just love the game, you know. So um, as you were growing as a player from high school through college, through PDL, um, and even now, what kind of things did you focus on from a physical training perspective? That's a great question. Um, it's an evolution. Um, you know, how I trained when I was younger and in high school and as a, a novice goalkeeper at the time, completely different uh, to how as I, I trained when I was playing, you know, um, semi-professionally and in, in college and um, things like that. So when I started off uh, as a young player, um, I don't know if, if you were, you guys were like this at all, but I did not like to train. I didn't like to practice. I was like Allen Iverson, like practice. We talking about practice. It's not a, not a game. I, all I want to do is play games. Like I wanted to play something that had meaning. So my training was pretty rough at the start. Like I, I had to get in with a goalkeeper trainer, things like that. Um, from a young age, um, I was blessed to grow up with a father who knew the importance of putting you with somebody who knows what they're doing, um, who can kind of push you. Cause he was my coach for everything but soccer. So he couldn't teach me on that, but he put me with um, some of the best trainers around um, and knew that I, I needed to kind of grow my skill and my craft. So um, I uh, got involved with a guy named Greg Deutsch out of Cincinnati, who just trains a ton of goalkeepers and he got me started. Um, my dad was like, all right, I know that you're pretty good at this, but we want to go to the next level with it. Who do I got to talk to about this? And at the time, Greg was only training like high school goalkeepers and up. Um, but my dad talked to him, like, listen, if you just, you know, give him a chance, take a look at him. He was like, all right, I'll, I'll start training him. He's got, you know, skill there. So 
I put in the work that way. So it was all fundamental based. Like the, you know, when my training from a young age was all, you know, functional, just getting reps, um, footwork, footwork was uh. huge when I was young. And if, I mean, if I'm going to say that was probably a great, um, you know, foundation to start off because, you know, footwork is so crucial to goalkeepers. So my dad was an old basketball coach. I used to do dot drill speed ladders. I mean, I could, I could still fly, you know, with my eyes closed today on those things because I just did it so much. Um, and then as I went into kind of the um, high school phase, uh, I was starting to do some of that strength and conditioning training, but I, I, I didn't really have the mind for it that I do now. Like I, I was doing the reps to do that. Like it was like, how much mm-hmm. weight can I lift? But I wasn't focused on, you know, what I was actually doing strengthening wise. But um, I started getting into that when I got into the college game and I really wish that I knew how, uh, important that was and how much more I could have been doing or keeping that balance in my training, um, from a younger age. So, um, and then I, I made that a huge piece when I was, you know, pushing to continue to, you know, further my career playing semi-pro because, you know, you just have to keep your body in a good, uh, state, especially when you get older. So, um, yeah, long, long story short, you know, it's a, it's an evolving piece. And I think that's the, the beauty of it. It's, you know, you don't train, uh, one way your entire life. Cause if you're doing everything the same way, there's, there's no way to get, you know, that yeah, change you're not, that you're, looking you're not, for. you're not evolving. If you keep everything the same, mm-hmm. I see right. now, like goalkeepers are doing some crazy training now. Like it's, it's like the, the, the technology piece is actually making the training a little bit more, um, I would say, um, <laughs> reactive. Yeah. Um, it's like now a goalkeeper game. can actually train by themselves whenever they you know they're not training with their with their um with their coach which is yeah. pretty good because i don't think in the past it's why we used to be yeah yeah i would i you know because you, you just got to get reps i mean that's with with everything in sports and yeah the technology piece is huge like the the only piece of equipment that i really had that was anything like that was you know those jugs machines that shoot balls out usually seen for <laughs> yeah. football or baseball <laughs> Uh-huh. We, we, my dad was a baseball coach too. And so we had an old baseball one and he found the guy that had a soccer one and he traded it in for him. And this thing can launch a soccer ball like 90 miles an hour and you can set the wheels uh, to different speeds so they can come in with like, you know, some spin on it and stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. And you don't get the, the uh, luxury of seeing, you know, like a kicker with their natural kicking motion, the leg coming through. So that thing just pops out on you. But I had that because I, I didn't have anybody at home to, to really hit shots that would challenge me that I could get those reps. And I would just take reps from this thing, like, you know, one after another. So you mentioned, but um, yeah, the, it's getting really crazy with that reactive training stuff. You mentioned um, just seeing the, fo- the follow through of a player before, not follow through the, the mechanics of a player before he kicks the ball. How much time do um, actually goalkeeper train with just observing the striker or anyone that shoots? Cause it's like, it's, it's coming really fast, man. It, it's, yeah. it's fast. Like, how do you train for that thing? Um, it, it's just, you can, you can train as much or as little as you want with anything pretty much. But, you know, I became obsessed with, with my craft and, and, you know, what can I do to prepare? And, and you're looking for little things, you know, to add into your game. And so, you know, when I was watching, uh, film and that's something that I did a lot more in college our coach was really involved with that and that's a huge piece to it you know not just on yourself but who you're going up against and I would I would break down some games and game film and I would see you know what guys obviously you're looking at the the obvious things like you know what foot they shoot with uh, you know how they like to move but 
I would, I would see them do things repetitively and how they'd like to move, how they'd like to set up their shots if they had somebody in front of them. And then we start seeing that in the game, you start putting those things together. It's just something that, you know, takes a little bit of the time out of that reaction process. Um, you know, and, and it's not just your opponents, but the, you know, the best strikers in the world, uh, mm. you know, watching them as well. Mm. So as your experience with a, um, with a team like Ohio State, you know, working with athletes coming through that facility, um, what kind of common injuries have you seen that goalkeepers have had these days? So, um, you know, we could, we could go off of a, a ton of things. You know, I think the goalkeeping position is so unique uh, that it a- allows you or opens you up to the, um, you know, the, the different stresses on, on multiple pieces of your body. Uh, so um, I, I like to start from the ground up. Um, lateral ankle sprains or ankle sprains is such a huge one um, just based really? on the, yeah, the, the lateral uh, component. Um the lateral movement component uh, as a goalkeeper, that was honestly my most crippling injuries were ankle sprains. Um, and just because, you know, if you don't get the right rehab afterwards, they're repetitive and they will come back and they will haunt you. Mm. Um, and it, and it literally, if your ankle's not stable and, and you don't have that base, uh, you know, going up the chain, you're going to have other issues as well. So, uh, you know, knock wood, I was thankful enough to never have, you know, knee injuries to myself, but my ankles took a, a beating for sure. So um, just that component of that quick change direction, you know, like, uh, you know, quick ricochet uh, deflection coming through and maybe you're shifting and you're not quite set and you have to push and go the opposite way uh-huh. um, or coming down, you know, with from a, a cross or a free kick when you're coming down in a crowded box and maybe take a little bit of a hit one way or another. Um, you know, that's when you can get those high ankle sprain type things to, you know, coming down, you don't get that, that footing that you were expecting right away. Um, so that, that's a common one, just all soccer players, um, getting more and, you know, knee and ACL injuries happen as well. That's for all the soccer players as well. Um, but more specific to the goalkeeping position a little bit more, um, you know, fractured ribs or, um, Uh, which is even worse. (laughs) Yeah. Everybody's waiting for ribs, right? I was waiting for hand. I thought hand would be the most common one. Honestly, but with the, with how good gloves are with the the finger saves and things like that, for the most part, I've had a couple like little jammed fingers and things like that, but you know, your hands are so strong. And if you work on a repetition wise, you know, you will see some because you have to use your hand. That's a necessity of the position, but, um, yeah, the, the ribs are, are the ones people are like, oh, man, you take a beating, just diving and stuff. The ribs are bad. The pulled intercostal muscles are worse. Like that, Ooh, that's huh. the piece that like that that lingers on like for months after I had a little hairline fracture and some ribs. But the the strained intercostal muscles because you're constantly using that, whether you're breathing, talking, you know, any physical exertion, any of that that core strength, you know, core strength is uh-huh. huge. You're never not using those muscles. That lingers for a little while, so um, you know that's a tough one too. I, that's the one I, I didn't. I, I wasn't thinking about that most. It's like, yeah, you see those guys make those incredible save, and, <laughs> and it's like, yeah. how are they landing on their ribs like that? Yeah. Is that um, truthfully, I've never analyzed a, a, a goalkeeper kit before. But do you guys have like extra padding on the side for the ribs? Um, so you can, they've, you know, there's, there's different like tops that you can pull over that have like almost like a, a quarterback in, in football. They'll have like little, you know, built in padding, um, you know, and over the ribs. I never use that. Um, the only thing that I ever used were, 
instead of the regular sliding shorts, I would use baseball player sliding shorts because they have a little bit of thick padding on the sides. Because if not, mm-hmm. you were going to beat your hips up. Um, and that's, you know, the landing, learning how to land and, and, and how you to turn your body. You know, I've thankfully had some, some pretty good sized lats that I could fall onto a little bit more and, and take the beating <laughs> off my ribs a little bit. So, you know, learning how to, learning how to, uh, how to land is, is a huge one too. And that, and that kind of takes into the next injury that I see a ton of is, uh, carrying over with the landing is, um, AC joints, um, you know, separating yeah, that shoulder, shoulder spreading yeah. the AC joint. Oof, I've done both of them. Not fun. Um, you know, they're, they're not super long debilitating wise compared to, you know, fracturing your collarbone, things like that. But, uh, because you can still do some things, but limiting, I mean, the pain with it when you're ever going, especially with your throwing arm. Yeah. Overhead you know, is throwing, gonna be hard. throwing motion. Oh, rough. So that's a, that's a big one as well that I see too. So that's it kind of sounds very educated. I, 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 you know, you, it's a such a special position. You don't even think about those injuries. So I'm yeah. learning a lot right now. This is good. Yeah, and it kind of sounds like a lot of the injuries that that field players kind of suffer from are mostly preventable. Um, But with these goalkeeping injuries, a lot of it is just raw impact. Do you think that a lot of the injuries you just mentioned could be prevented or or like, what do you think? Some sometimes they can, sometimes they can't. Um, You know, there's a a level of variability out there that. due to the position that you're not able to control. So it's, you know, it's more of the control what you can um, and then, you know, react to what you can't. But, you know, like when I, when I first separated my, or did my AC joint, I think it was my throwing shoulder in high school, I was playing on turf and uh, I'm diving to my right and guys put a, a ball at the top, you know, upper 90 backside. And I'm, I had to make a top hand save with my left arm um, mm. and get that extra little stretch. And my right arm was down on my side. And I, I rolled over to push it wide and I land on my shoulder and it stuck to the turf and I slid on it. Um, and I never, you never land like that, but like whenever you have to make that extra little inch change in your body just to make the save, cause that's what you're doing. You're putting your body on the line and, and you, it's a reaction. You can't, you know, change that halfway through the dive. Like, Oh, let me no. just pull this arm up here, you know, and change stuff. <laughs> no, your, your body knows how it's going to go to make the save, you know, keep the ball out. And kind of going off that, when a goalkeeper becomes injured and they're doing their rehab and they're starting to return to play, um, what do they need specifically from both a physical and psychological perspective? Uh, that's a that's a great question. And, um, you know, there's no magic formula. I can't tell you, hey, one, two, three, four, five, got to do all these, check all these boxes. Um, you know, guys – coming up through the, the medical field. We like science, we like research. And I think the easiest way to kind of tie these in are, are looking at uh, return to play off a, a couple of different perspectives. One, whenever you're coming back from a, an injury, maybe like an ACL injury, you know, you have to make sure that your, your, your baseline strengths there. Um, is, do you have that strength to be able to go through the physical requirements that your body needs you to? Um, then, you know, you, you get into uh, a return to play um, aspect of it. So I'm going to start doing the sport specific things. Am I, I'm kicking a ball. I'm, I'm jumping up, I'm coming down, you know, I'm taking corner kicks, I'm taking crosses, you know, um, very basic levels. And then you start to have to build in that variability um, and that reactionary piece of goalkeeping. And that's a huge piece of it because when you're coming back, 
everything's controlled in your rehab for the most part. Mm -hmm. You know, when you get to the end, if you got a good physical therapist, he'll set you down and go, Hey, you know, we, we need to start getting this reactionary piece. So you're ready for this. Um, but you know, there's things that you're, you're not going to be prepared for. So you have to start training that way as soon as you're, you have that baseline level function strength, um, and agility wise. So, uh, making it sports, specific, making it position specific, you know, am I able to do everything? Can I check the boxes? If I was going to go play a game today, would I feel confident in a physical aspect to be able to do my job and, you know, better my team at that point. And then that carries over to, um, the mental aspect of it, which is huge. Um, because if you, if you're a goalkeeper and you don't go out there with the, your, your yeah. confidence that, you know, it, it can be debilitating. I, I remember I was coming back from a concussion, really bad one that I had in high school. Um, I collided with a player at the edge of the box. My forehead hit his collarbone, broken four places. I bounced back, lost memory. I was out for a couple weeks. And then when I was starting to come back, I was a little gun shy. Um, mm. you know, when I was, when I was going to get back into playing, like I would, the timing aspect, like if there's a, if there's a through ball in the box, you have to make a split second decision. Do I stay, let my defender handle it and prepare for a shot? Or do I go out and, and take away an angle and, you know, get the ball out or clear a ball? Um, and if there's any hesitation there, which there was for me when I first came back, you just throw off your whole game. And then that can have a, a, a deeper psychological effect for you as a goalkeeper. You know, you start questioning other things that weren't even a problem before. So you need to have that. You need to see those reps in training. You have to, you know, get back into doing that a little bit, feel confident yeah. physically and mentally. The the opponent can see that too. If they if they know this, you you shy at coming out and take oh. somebody's heads off, they they're mm-hmm. gonna they're gonna know that immediately. It, it only takes one of those in the game. And then they're like, all right, boys, balls in the box. Let's go. You know, like, let's, let's see what this kid can do. And, you know, as a goalkeeper, there's nothing worse than some shook confidence. Like you need to go out there and show them that you are ready to put up a fight. So if you are a goalkeeper going through rehab, like right now, for instance, what can you do to improve that confidence? If you feel like, Hey, I feel like I'm, 95% there, but that 5% is that, that hesitation where I'm not feeling 100%. Um, what can goalkeepers do to improve that? Well, the first aspect of it is being an honest um, judge of yourself and, and seeing where that holdup is. You know, you got to be able to take a look at yourself and evaluate yourself. Like uh, maybe I'm, I'm a little bit shy from the, the physical aspect of it. Maybe at the decision-making process, I'm not as quick on. You got to find out where you feel like you're, you're lacking at. And then, you know, increase the reps that you're doing and training, not just in training with your team, but on, on your own, because, you know, that's what's going to prepare you to feel comfortable to do it in the game. If you think about it, you know, I, not that I was the greatest student in the world or the best test taker, but there's a couple ways to go into a test. One, you can go in and you, you kind of crammed and you're like, man, I'm super nervous. My, I'm, I feel like I'm going to fail this test. But the other side is I'm prepared. I know this stuff like the back of my hand confident going in to take that test and that's what you want to feel going into your competition especially as a goalkeeper I've done everything that I need to do training wise um, you know and physically and mentally uh, to set myself up to play this game and help my team so you know feel that confidence take the reps you know if there's something that you're not comfortable with like oh I I was a little shy on you know on that scrimmage that corner kick coming in going up with a header there take those reps in practice you know have somebody come out and do those and then see yourself going through the motion, use the visualization, all that stuff. 
Gotcha, gotcha. Um, do you think that goalkeepers need their own custom strength and conditioning program compared to a, a field player? Um, yes. Yes and no. Uh, the, the basis of strength and conditioning should be fairly similar, but you should be doing something extra. So when I was in college, um, our, our coach really kind of uh, was an advocate with us uh, and our strength and conditioning coach um, to come in and do like twice a week if we were in in the off season to do a little bit extra so we stay 15 to 30 minutes after and we did you know forearm strengthening like rice buckets uh you know wrist curls i get those big baseball player you know forearms i wish i still had that going on right now but, um, <laughs> uh you know strengthening your shoulders just that dynamic stability with the shoulders and and, mo and the mobility that you need and then um you know an explosive plyometric piece that maybe you don't need as much with all other positions, um, but definitely for that that position or as a goalkeeper. Yeah, especially lateral explosiveness. You guys need that. Oh yeah. That lateral oh, movement yeah. piece. Mm-hmm. That's huge. That. Yeah. Um, as we're kind of wrapping up here, if you could give one piece of advice to every young goalkeeper out there, um, what would that piece of advice be? That's a tough one. Just one. I can, I can, no, I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> as many as you want, man. As, as many as you want, because there's a well, lot. We might have to start another uh, a full podcast with it. No, I'm joking. But um, <laughs> we, um, man, tough. Uh, I think for me, when it clicked for me, when everything started lining up, like I said, I wasn't always um, a fan of, of doing the training or the, the you know, the, the non-game aspect of it, non-competition. You know, I was a gamer. I was a computer. But once it clicked for me was uh, I just, I fell in love with the process of improving myself as a goalkeeper. And I just became obsessed um, with the position and my requirements with that. Um, it might sound funny, but literally you just, once you understand that doing all these little things, whether that's strength and conditioning, whether it's watching film, you know, mental reps and visualization things, once you understand and how important each aspect is to the game, um, it doesn't feel like work anymore. So just fall in love with the process of just improving yourself um, as a goalkeeper and knowing that, you know, the more work that you put in, um, you know, the, the more valuable you're making yourself as a player. Well said. Well said. Well, um, Bert, you got any other questions for uh, Dr. Dane Wilson here? No, just that's, 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 that was, that was well said. You know, it's, it's very hard for, um, you know, to get young, young guys to just um, fell in love with, you know, the, the actual practice of it, the, 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 the needy and greedy thing. It's like, you know, you want, you want to, you want to eat the cake, but you, you got to know like yeah. what ingredient goes to the cake, man. If you, if you're not, mm -hmm. if you're not taking care of that and it's just like, you can't enjoy it as, as, as much as you can. And that's, this is like, for me, it's the, the opposite. I, I never, I always wanted to train, but when I was in Haiti, we didn't have the resources to actually mm -hmm. train. So it's only when I came here, but I was, you know, I was already old and, and washed. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I couldn't do individual training. You get you that time machine, man. Yeah. <laughs> that would be great. Yeah. <laughs> that would be great. No, I, I completely agree with you. Like I, I started to, uh, you know, my, my dad taught me a really great lesson. I was getting, there was a game we were playing and we were getting shelled. Um, you know, I, we were playing a, a much better team. The team I was on at the time weren't really doing me any favors, but 
you know, I was getting killed. A breakaway after breakaway, you know, they're hanging up four or five on me, and I never got scored on. I was so upset. I told the coach, I said, you know, I'm I'm tired. Take me out of the game. Oh. And I'll never forget that. I will never. I was. This is young age. You know, this is. I'm like, you know, ten, eleven, and uh, we're driving home in the car, and it's and it's dead quiet. And I know my dad's upset because I don't come out, you know. And he goes, you know, he's like, uh, why'd you come out of the game? I was like, I always, I was already working that, that conversation through my head. Like, I'm smart with him, you, know? you know, it's that practice, that conversation, or the argument in the shower type thought. I'd, I'd already been doing that for five minutes. I was like, I told him I was tired. And he was like, were you tired? And I was like, I was tired of getting scored on. You know, like little reactions. Like, and he goes, all right, I'll, I'll make sure you're never tired again. And I went for a month straight. I went over to our high school track and I ran a mile and then 30 minutes of stadium stairs. Oh, and your dad is brutal. And my dad is brutal, but he is awesome because he instilled that, you know, responsibility in me. And I understood after that and I fell in love with it. You know, I, I was like, I was mentally tough after that. And I go, you're right. This is, you know, I, I need to change how I'm thinking about this. It was a great point in my development as a goalkeeper because I was starting to get, you know, some success and, and starting to be a little bit of a hot shot and like, you know, become confident, which you do, but you never need to see yourself better than the way you are because then you're not going to, you're just going to stop your development. And at that point in time, I fell in love with, you know, really pushing to make myself better and not being satisfied with anything. Word. Some great advice to end on there. Yeah. Dr. Dane Wilson, you thank you so much for yeah, okay. coming on the show. If our listeners want to contact okay, you, if we, if we have young goalkeepers out there that want to hit you up with something, what's the best way for them to contact you? Um, I would love to say I'm on the gram, but not uh, officially the, you know, the between uh, PT school and, and semi-pro soccer. I wasn't as active through social media, but um, feel free to reach out to me uh, via email. So uh, it's Robert. Uh, dot wilson at osu mc.edu that's my Wait, government name robert me, and you're like whoa let, robert let me write this down <laughs> robert dot wilson at osu mc.edu word and for the listeners out there we'll make sure that's in the description as well so you guys can take a peek in there if you need the spelling but thank you so much for coming on the pod and um best of luck yeah, in the future hopefully i'll be able to meet up sometime in the future when all this coronavirus is, is over likewise I, I appreciate you guys having me on all right, all you right. enjoy the rest of this weekend man you too